we good? All right, welcome everyone into this week's, this week's episode of Make It Happen with Morrison Plus Property Inspections. Dwayne, how are we doing this morning? We're doing fantastic, Chase. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's Friday. Um, I like the new policy of jeans on Friday. That's a that's a fun one, yeah. uh, without a doubt. But uh, looking forward to uh, what kind of what we're speaking on today. Um, but before we get into that, want to want to remind everybody to uh, like, subscribe, support. I know we've been working hard on kind of growing what we're doing here. Um, and it's nice to see people kind of reach out and hit that subscribe button, hit the notifications button, like and share. Um, it goes a long way for us for, for sure. And I know also comment, you know, we'd like to see some more comments. Yes. Yes. Comments are great. Comments are great because we are able to kind of interact with you guys as viewers and get an understanding of what are something that you want to hear about in terms of business ownership, mindset, entrepreneurship, franchising, home inspections, um, any of those things, any of those topics, uh, we're happy to cover and happy to uh, just share information on. So the interaction piece is definitely, uh, definitely big, definitely important to us without a doubt. But, um, you got any good plans this weekend, Dwayne? No, I don't actually. It's crazy. just, just a normal weekend. Yeah. I think it's actually a quiet weekend for me too. If I remember correctly, who knows? We'll see what gets sprung on me tomorrow, but, um, very nice. Very nice. Well, today we are talking about a crucial foundational skill that takes work and is important in business and that skill being decision making um, and decision making we could go all kinds of different routes and all kinds of different ways in terms of what kinds of decisions and how they apply in life and things of that nature I think we're gonna try to stick with it in terms of business and in terms of business ownership specifically or even as in your career if you even if you're just an, at the employee level how decision making can can affect you and how there's different aspects to it that you may not be aware of. And so, uh, it's you know, a big it, one. it's a, it, you know, it's an important topic. And I think this is going to be something that's fun for us to talk about. Yeah. Uh, because when you think about decision-making processes with business, a lot of people, uh, when you look at them and they're in business, you look at their style, mm -hmm. right? Everybody likes to put their style into how they run their business Correct. and operate their business. But this is not what we're talking about. We're talking more about the decision-making processes that all business owners have to make about basic things mm -hmm. yeah and kind of how to navigate those the, these different decisions which we'll get into some examples here of um kind of what we're talking about and to give reference uh but yeah you're absolutely right everyone everyone does have their own style and that's yep. kind of the typical thing it's like oh i do my i do i do things my way and this is how it works for me and the other person it works for them and everyone has their own styles and things of that nature but there's always those kind of common grounds of the decisions that they're going to be having to make especially in ownership positions or in positions of leadership right um one of those or two of those kind of, that kind of coincide with each other that i first want to speak on is hiring and firing hiring firing yes uh <laughs> i know you mentioned i forget you might need to clarify again uh, what you say it's uh slow to hire quick to fire is yes. that the, the the saying there yeah yeah it's you know that that's a pretty cliche uh, and i think most business owners have understand that mm -hmm. you want to really qualify who you're hiring make sure that you don't make a wrong choice because that can impact your business in a very negative way. Uh, but if you make the right choice mm -hmm. and you have patience, like we've been going through a hiring process for a couple of weeks now and we just haven't had the right candidate come through the office, um, you know, until we did, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, we're real, real, real happy with that. And, you know, it's like night and day. When, you, when the right candidate comes in, you should be able to identify that. And that's a decision process uh, that, uh, you know, whoever is in charge of the hiring needs to make. And why is, why is spending so much time to find that right person? Cause I know it's very easy. I mean, 
I can't even count in my head of how many people I've seen walking out of the office for interviews over the last couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, it's, right. Been, it's been pretty hectic and pretty crazy. Um, and I think there's probably a handful of candidates that could do the job. Right. Sure. But are they the right fit for the job and are they worth the resources to invest into them? Right. Is that kind of what you're talking about there in terms of why it takes a while to make sure you qualify someone uh, to the, your utmost capability. So, so there, there, there's things to consider when you're hiring someone. One of the, I mean, and this is, uh, if you have any experience uh, managing a business, mm-hmm. you're going to understand that turnover has a negative impact. Yes. Right. Yes. You, you want staff and employees that the customers can depend upon to be there for them month in, month out, year in, year out. And the longer an employee is with you and your company, the better they get at, the better they get at that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more reliability you're, I mean, there's this whole plethora of types of things that are on the positive side, as opposed to, you know, somebody that comes in and, uh, you know, doesn't uh, have a good work history as far as how long they stay in a position. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we, we look at is the work history. So if they're, they're changing jobs every one to two years, we won't hire them. Yeah, or at least there's there's a question to be asked, right? At, well, at the bare I mean, minimum yeah, there's, why, there's why always an it? exception to the rule, right? Maybe they're they're just looking for the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we are the right thing, but uh, you, stability is important because we want to have a stable business. We need a stable individual to work with us. Correct. Uh, uh, we you know we need to make sure somebody has the right uh, uh, background to work with us because we understand what our style is and how we operate our business. We demand a lot of structure from our staff and our employees. We, uh, in our customers know specifically what they expect from us, mm-hmm. um, which is, is we're really big in the customer service industry. And so, um, while we're in a technical trade, customer service is a big part of that because we're in real estate. Yeah. that's actually a question I wanted to throw at you. Um, if you were to give, so we only say you can't teach experience, right? In terms no, you of, can't. and if you're in a position of leadership, and you've never hired someone before, gone through an interview process before with someone on the the side of where you're hiring somebody, how do you know you're doing a good job in terms of qualifying? So what would be like two two or three takeaways to give someone who's never hired someone before um, some insight of what are some key key factors to consider? So it's, it, you know, it's that's actually an outstanding question. It's, it's understanding that you have to have prepared questions to ask. Mm-hmm. You have to be a prepared interviewer, right? And you know, Google's Google and YouTube are great today. So you know, you can actually do some research on that and have some prepared questions, like specific things that you can ask that candidate that will bring out uh, true answers that help you determine whether or not they're a good fit for your position. I mean, so you, you want to know if like we're on the customer service side. So one yeah. of the things that we really want to know is how are they going to handle a difficult situation mm-hmm. with, with a customer that's challenging them? Because a lot of times in property inspections, we're delivering uh, uh, bad news. Yeah, we're not or, always everyone's favorite hero on, on, on property. Well, and, and you know, and however, if, if you deliver the news about whatever the condition is, you're helping our customers make informed decisions. But it's how you deliver the information, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we need to have somebody that is able to do that. And there's a lot of emotions involved, you know, in the situation that we put our staff members into. And so they need to be on time for mm-hmm. one thing. Um, they need to, yeah, they, they need to dress professional. They need to have a, a nice appearance. They need to have good personal hygiene. 
um, and they need to be well spoken and they need to, to understand and have a very good uh, a demeanor about themselves. And so, uh, you know, we look for those kind of things. And then when they are challenged and put in a difficult, difficult situation because maybe somebody doesn't uh, uh, really like the information they're giving them. So they're trying to minimize it or something mm -hmm. like that. How are they able to to speak to that without insulting the person or without taking it personal or and just, you know, very softly and just, you know, handle a situation correctly, you know, when you're on the pressure cooker or on the hot seat, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, and so we ask, uh, so, and that, I think that holds true with a lot of positions and a lot of companies. So yeah, you have to ask kind of pointed questions that fit the role, right? You do. And like, I like what you mentioned about you need to be a prepared interviewer because as, as imagine someone walks in, right? And they look disheveled and you're about to interview them you have red flags already kind of going off in your mind. This person's not prepared or they, they obviously aren't prepared to be interviewed on the flip side. If you're not prepared to interview somebody, um, it's almost that same level of, I don't want to say disrespect per se, but you're not, you're not respecting their time coming out by not being prepared as an so, interviewer. So, so you, so to make proper decisions, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, obviously you need to, uh, be prepared yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to be stable yourself to make good decisions. You have to have a firm back, uh, you, you know, uh, you have to be well seated in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish to decide upon. Um, so obviously being prepared in interviewing, I'll, I'll throw out a nugget. So one of the questions we like to ask in interviews, and I've learned this through proper research and education is, I want to know how somebody's going to ha handle adversity. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is we'll ask a question about one of their previous positions where they had a negative situation with another employee or supervisor to help walk us through that situation, the first thing that comes to their mind and how they handled that situation mm -hmm. and just let them speak. Right then and there, you're gonna, and it's amazing the information you get and what you find out about that person. If that person starts speaking in a very disparaging way about that supervisor or the other employee, that tells you, if you'll speak disparaging about somebody, you'll speak disparaging about us too, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's just, you, so you'll just start learning a lot. One of the other things is if somebody comes into an interview disheveled or if they're late, whenever you're going to hire somebody, you got, and they come into an interview, you got to understand none of, that's never going to get better. Yeah, that's actually a great point that I, I was going to bring up, but I lost it for a moment there. But that, yeah, if things start off in a negative way, to expect them to get better it, no. is... Sure, there's probably instances where, yeah, maybe that does happen. But overall, I think uh, the theme I mean, of it is things don't typically get better as things go on. So, so, so in let's, a negative way. So, so let's go to what we are willing to work with to get to, for things. To, so to make decisions when you're hiring somebody and you're willing to work with somebody to make them better at things, mm -hmm. that's somebody that maybe doesn't have experience. Mm-hmm. They may have the ability and the potential and you you look in their resume and you speak to them about their background and the skills maybe that they have or the experience they do have and see if that will translate mm -hmm. into a starting point where you can build upon that. Yep. Right now we'll make decisions based on that. Right. And, and any employer does that because a lot of times if somebody doesn't have experience and they're starting at a starting point. You, you can get them at a, a low at, at a cheaper rate, right? Yeah, if, if, and then if you see potential and you see the characteristics that can lead them to what you need, right? Then that's what you can work. Now, with. now you can invest resources and time into that individual mm -hmm. and mentor them and build, help them build things, right? You need to be able to make those decisions. It's not always easy, mm -hmm. especially when you really need somebody, right? Um, uh, but you have to understand that there are things uh, that 
that aren't going to get better and that you you they need to get better themselves before they are you know on on the right. table to be hired okay um, I, think, I think that makes perfect sense um and on the flip side of that for firing right on the opposite end of it so this is something that if you haven't ever had to let go of somebody it's probably very difficult to do mm-hmm. in terms of balancing especially if you're if you're someone who likes to see the brighter side of people and you like you like to give people chances you like to you see them as human beings right which is a natural i think emotion that we feel sure um you want to read into someone's story as to why things are going on but there's a certain point where it has to be cut off due to one reason or another right and so how do you how do you kind of wrap your mind around that? So, well, let's just start with the first part first, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, whenever you hire somebody, you need, you need you, in my opinion, I mean, this it may not apply to everyone, uh, especially if you get signing bonuses and, mm-hmm. you know, you have people sign contracts and stuff. This may be different. But if you hire somebody kind of at will, um, uh, tip, typically, I think most, most employers would do like the first 90 days, right? Yep. First 90 days yep. of probationary period. That's an excellent thing to do to kind of do a look-see, mm-hmm. right? You know, and... and if there's a whole bunch of big red flags that come out in the first 90 days, like the, the first day at work, they're late. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, come on. You know, or, or the first couple of weeks, they're late two or three times. You know, look, that's not going to get better, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, you know, so so th- there's things in the first 90 days are they're just not getting it, you know, uh, quick enough. You, you need to make some decisions on that process. I'm not going to throw out any other negatives, but if, if people are coming to work right away late, I mean, that's not somebody that we're going to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or if somebody's coming in and, and they, they're calling in sick, you know, with, with these, you know, weird things that are happening. Like, you know, my dog ate my, you know, homework kind of, you know, excuse, yeah. yep. you know, and, and uh, uh, or if they, you know, just just got all these problems, you know, in the first 90 days. Well, we need somebody to fulfill a position, right? Obviously, there's employment law and things like that, yep. right? You need to You need to be sensitive to those things. But. There are some red flags when people are calling in in the first 90 days and they're needing time off mm-hmm. and they, you know, they got personal problems in their personal life and this and that. And they're, they're not what you thought they were when you hired them. You might just want to cut it loose right then yeah. and there and let them go. Uh, um, I think a big piece of it too, uh, that kind of came to my mind is laying out expectations from the, from the get go, right? It's by having someone understand their job description, understand what this is, what is expected from them day in, day out lays kind of a roadmap out there to where if they start veering off right and you you have a crystal clear kind of lines painted that they're crossing right in comparison to if you're very vague or didn't do a very good job at during the interview process being prepared right and laying out those expectations so again then, you, then there's flexibility to where oh you know what i never told this guy about this so yeah i gotta let him, i gotta let it slide right so or things of that nature you know you're making excellent points here so to, what really does help you make decisions is 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 when your preparation and administrative types of things are all in line mm-hmm. like i notified him about this i onboarded correctly i did all these things the person is aware of what they got to do like many times you when you go to a job you have to go through a training and you got to pass a test mm-hmm. you don't pass the test you're out of a job yep right yep. i mean you know obviously they may may put you in the back room and let you kind of give you some tips and pointers help you get get you through the test but you can't be going out drinking you know and partying and not studying and then try to you know I'm just smart. I'm going to pass tests or I don't care about the, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, um, or, you know, you hire a person and, and they just don't have the skills that they promised you. They said they had, mm-hmm. you got to cut them loose fairly quickly. Um, but so let's, let's go back to your question on, uh, uh, about how do you fire somebody? 
Well, you, you, you know, I mean, there are times, yeah, you got to be quick to fire, but usually in that beginning stage, right? Mm -hmm. You really don't want to be quick to fire in all instances when you got an employee that's been with you for years and years and years. Yeah, that, at that point, you have to kind of, you have to see, you have to kind of read through the situation well, and analyze. You need, you need to, somebody needs to, you know, to meet with the person, call them in, find out what's going on. You know, maybe give them, you know, some time, maybe give them some leave, mm -hmm. you know, to go to square some things away. That might be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Maybe give them some training, let them retrain, you know, maybe, maybe even, you know, look, maybe life, life happens. You know, I, I love throwing out that French saying, say la vie, such is life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people change, right? And if you can maybe shoot them into a, a make, make, help them make a lateral move in the company to a different position, you know where they're better suited to because they changed or they're is who they really are as a staff member you know you don't want to you know just fire talent correct and especially people like you said who have have been there have had the time in the company you invest a lot of resources to them over the course sure. of many years in those instances yeah you need to definitely analyze the situation figure out where where things went wrong, how can you kind of play a part in, in, in the fix process of that? Um, so, I also think so there's a, the so human, there, human factor too. There is a right? human factor, but there are decisions you can make. I mean, you know, when it comes to, to you know, you know, you got somebody that's just really, and you can see it a lot of times if you're paying attention, that they're changing in a negative way and they're just kind of walking themselves out the door. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be interviewing and looking to hire to replace them before that time comes because maybe they're the only person that can do that job. Yeah, right? you gotta keep your eyes open. You gotta be you gotta be aware of what's going on and try to stay in tune with uh, with your the people you're leading, right? And those that's are, how you stay in touch. Sure, and those are smart business decisions. You don't wanna have a, 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 you don't wanna be able to not bring in income because there's no one that can do that job for months and months and mm -hmm. months. You know, you need to get ahead of things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think the hiring, firing piece, um, those are huge decisions to make in business, right? And I want to move forward into another topic within decision making uh, that we kind of had spoke about earlier on uh, today, which is the allocation of resources and kind of purchasing assets and supplies for you and your business. I think that ties into the vendor piece as well. That's um, a big I think one. It's kind of all encompassing. So I want to touch on that too. Okay, so you know all business owners, you know, wrangle with this, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what what do we buy? Where do we spend our money at the very beginning? Mm -hmm. uh, when we have a little bit of money, where do we spend our money? You know, and per the purchasing is a big deal. Um, there are some things that you can, you know, shoot for the lowest price, get bids on, and, and go go lowball, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, when, when we're buying pens and pencils for the office. We're not going out and buying, you know, $50 pins for everybody to write with at their desk. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, I mean, that's... It, <laughs> yeah, that's just not a smart business, is it? No, no. I mean, we're going to buy, you know, we, obviously we don't want the cheapest pins either, you know, because then somebody's trying to write a note while they're on the phone and the pen won't write, you know. Yep. So, yep. you know, you, you want to be able to have tools that are functional. Absolutely. And I like something you spoke on earlier where, like you just gave the example of uh, the pen example, right? So sure. It's okay, or, or, or the paper plate example in the kitchen or the plastic utensils, right? Right. It's okay to go buy plastic utensils in the kitchen uh, because Safe. it's cheap and saves you money in that instances. Sure. But then you relay that into a more important type of segment of your business, like your bookkeepers or other partners in your business, like vendors, things of that nature. Going cheap with certain aspects can really hurt you in the long run. And it's understanding the investment you're making in your business by partnering and spending the extra cash. Cause I mean, no one likes to spend No one likes to spend money per se, 
but when you see the value behind it and where that kind of comes back full circle and could potentially save you even double, triple the amount later on down the line, that's definitely a factor to, to think of. If, if, if you want to make good profit margins, mm -hmm. don't partner with cheap people. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean cheap people by people who are frugal, mm -hmm. right? I mean, don't partner with cheap vendors. You want to qualify your vendors. You want to pay extra. I've always paid extra for and actually premium, quite frankly, for my accounting, my, my CPAs, my accountants, my bookkeepers, um, uh, because they control the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they count the money. They control the money. They give you advice on what's going on. Now, you know, have I been ripped off quite a bit? Yeah. You know, you can get ripped off um, because it's hard to qualify people in industries and stuff where you may not know anything about. Um, do you go? Should you go cheap on attorneys and lawyers? Mm -hmm. No, don't ever go cheap on them. Should, it's like, you, should you go cheap on your doctor? You got to have yeah, heart surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you want, you know, some dude from uh, uh, just where like, some, yeah, just some dude wherever. from Congo, yeah. you, you know, or, or some African country, right? That, that, you know, or some third world country. And he has really no equivalent education. And we're in the United States when you, when, I mean, not, not that, not to say that's a bad person, but they're not going to be as qualified as a doctor that went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. you know, ha has an MD from Harvard. Right. You know, if you can afford the Harvard MD or, you know, Mayo Clinic or St. John's, St. John's, the city of hope, you yeah, know, I think putting that in perspective on the doctor analogy kind of opens people's eyes a little bit because it's like when it comes to your own personal stuff, I mean, you want all the well, top notch stuff, yeah. top notch people in your life. You, um, you always want to go to the, you always want to kind of quantify and make decisions. Go to the extreme example. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, when it, when it comes to me, you know, uh, in, in my life and going to surgery, I want the best possible surgeon and doctor I can get. Right. Um, uh, you know, and the best one is not a ripoff, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it has value. Right. Um, uh, obviously I can't afford, and I usually won't probably won't get the best one, mm -hmm. but you know, I have a, I have a real good, strong faith in the surgeons over at, uh, Kaiser here in Baldwin park. Mm -hmm. I think they're outstanding. You know, and, and they're great. And, and, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm searching the whole country. I, yeah. got, I got people right here in my backyard. Um, but when it comes to my, uh, my other professionals that I like to work with, whenever any business owner is working with a professional, you need to really look at your vendors, spend extra on people that are going to be your partners and going to help your business be successful. Yeah, so you have to see the value kind of through through all the weeds and kind of the commotion, you have to see kind of what, what they bring to the table and how that, how much that could benefit you. I know. Be I quick mean, to fire them though. I mean, if you start seeing holes and mm -hmm. oftentimes you, you bring them in and they're like, it's like stuff's not getting done. It's behind this and that let them go and get somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that is a quick hire and fire situation too. I think a key factor in understanding who to work with too in decision-making is understanding that you need to find partners and not, not the other way around where it's just a vendor where, Sure. You're, you're just hiring them to do something, right? So, I mean, so how are you making those decisions, right? You're, people that when they say they're going to do something for you and they make a commitment to get something done and they follow through and it gets done. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not have the best quality on, on, the, on the stuff that they're doing, but you have to now balance that. Do you, do you have something that's functional? You know, are, are, so, so let's talk about a print shop, right? Mm -hmm. You're, the flyers are, 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 they're good enough. They may not be the, the, they may not have the best print machines in the world to where you're getting this vibrant color on it, but the color's not bad. It's average, but man, when they say they're going to get you that order and that box is going to be at the door, you know, two there. days later, it's there. Right. 
I'm going to go with that vendor because that's very valuable that you get your stuff on time. Yeah, consistency is a big piece of it, especially with vendors too. I know we've had our fair share of kind of filtering through sure. different partnerships with vendors and um, finding ones that are useful and are helpful and are responsive to the customer service side of their business. All the things encompassing that you're just talking about here, they're, it's invaluable because it's a, it's a headache having to deal with it after the fact. And I know, especially with uh, the supply chain shortages everywhere right. that's going on, Everyone's getting hit with that, right? Including our own vendors to a certain extent, which is, you have to be understandable at one point or another, um, to a certain extent at least. Um, but man, even just with dealing with the hassles of these, these shortages and miscommunication. Oh, it's on, been tough. I mean, it's tough. And so imagine having to deal with that all the time. It's just, it's not worth the headaches and the emails and the phone calls and the extra effort. It's You got to go find someone that's willing to work with you uh, is consistent um, and is professional, uh, without a doubt, plays a huge, a huge piece in your business. So right, you, so there's there's areas where you can save money, you know, and you can kind of lowball your pricing, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of times your supplies, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, and then you know that some of the people, the professionals that you're working with, like attorneys, accountants, bookkeepers, uh, uh, your you know your print shops, your 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 other things like that. You, you want to make sure that you're spending extra in those areas because you need to be able to rely on those people they're your partners and team members mm -hmm. you have to be able to rely on those people um and so you don't want to go cheap on that and now if you got something great and they're they're really cheap that's that you know that that's that's icing on the cake yeah you're yeah lucky with that one for sure yeah but but don't 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 just like always shop the cheapest price because you get what you pay for yeah i think maybe maybe and correct me if i'm wrong Dwayne, if you have a different thought on it but if you sit back and think does this person's position or partnership with me seriously affect my the, the outcome of my business? Mm -hmm. Those are the type of individuals. So the answer is yes. Those are the type of individuals you need to look to invest more into. Right. Pay the premium. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously you want to you don't you want a good price, mm -hmm. but if if it if it requires paying premium, decide it decide to pay premium. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you want a Mercedes, you got to pay the price for a new Mercedes, right? Yeah. yeah. It, you know, if you can get by driving a Prius. Mm -hmm. You know, Priuses aren't bad either. They're pretty good quality. It's a Toyota. Mm -hmm. Buy the Prius and the Toyota. It just all depends on what you're going on. It's like right now we're buying Teslas. Mm -hmm. uh, they're premium price, but look at the gas prices now. I'm so glad we bought Teslas. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, because now it's actually Tesla's a good. very good decision. It yep. is. Um, yep. You know, and of course, Tesla's raising prices. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think at the end of the day also, I mean, making good decisions and money makes money too at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, I mean, so, so, so I, I don't know if you were you gonna add, were we gonna talk a little bit more about, you know, as far as investing in the business? That was actually my next my next point kind of take coming off of what we just spoke on in terms of spending wisely and investing into your business. And when investing into your business, what are some thoughts that you need to have or I guess be bouncing around your head uh, when that time comes, because realistically, you have to have that long-term goal and vision with these type of investments that you're making, right? And so right. that's kind of the direction I'm trying to go with this. So you know, I investing in your business is a uh, very good thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. You always want to keep putting money back into the business. I've had partners in the past uh, that always just want to pull the money out, right, right from the get-go. We've been in business a year. You know, and it's like, I need my, pro I need all the profits I can squeeze out. What do we get this month? What do we get this month? What do we get this month? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> we, 
are you living beyond your means or what? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, geez, last month you got 10 grand. Can you, can you, can you live on that for four or five months? I mean, it'd be nice, right. you know, I mean, you know, cause, cause we need to put profits back into the business because when you can invest, when you can invest profits back into the business, it may, it helps the business grow. It makes the business stronger. You need to have vision. You need to look at the long game. Like for example, my franchising business, right? Uh, which is, you know, Morrison plus property inspections. It's a franchise war and we're selling franchises. I haven't made $1, mm-hmm. not $1. And I've had this business for four years. In fact, I keep putting money from the top pilot back into the business. Now, does it make income? Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, it's making good income, but we're, you know, we're definitely not making a profit. I mean, as far as putting money in my personal bank account, mm-hmm. all that money goes back in the business because I'm looking two or three, four five years down the road you know, to where I, we want it to be a multi-million dollar national uh, a company that's competing with the top five, mm-hmm. you know, franchisors. And so to do that, it takes everything we got and then some. Yeah. And a big piece of it, I think we touched on earlier was um, when you invest into your business and you're not just squeezing out every dollar possible, you're, that's playing into investing into your own retirement, essentially as a business owner, right? And a, one of the greatest things I think that comes along with, being in a position of leadership and even ownership too is being able to dictate your future. Sure. And I know many people mess around with stocks and different kinds of asset building and wealth building uh, avenues, which I mean, those are great to to each your own, right? Whatever works for you and whatever your, whatever your end goal is. Um, But with businesses specifically, uh, you kind of get to take the bull by the horns a little bit and yeah. kind of de- lead it, lead in the direction you want to go rather than kind of depending on outside factors to dictate what's going on. Well, here's the deal. When, when you're investing in stocks, bonds, and all of that, mm-hmm. right? Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you know, uh, blockchain and all that. Guess what you're relying on? You're relying on somebody else to manage and run the business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you own your own business, you you get to actually manage and run and own the business and make all the decision process making processes right yeah and so you have more control absolutely um you, it, you're not just kind of looking at the numbers as they're coming up on the screen and how's it going to do today no yeah. well right. how are we going to do today how are we going to make it happen exactly you know um uh, as opposed to like so let's give a great example we're experiencing outrageous inflation right now yes guess what we get to do we get to raise prices mm-hmm uh, now we're affected because the prices of all the things we're purchasing are going up, right? Uh, uh, and you know, obviously, the price of staff—they everybody's going to want raises, which you know, that they're they're going to lag a little behind. But I mean, everybody everybody wants more money, so yeah, we to get match what's going on. But as an owner of a business, we get to raise prices according to the inflation rate as it's going along. And mm-hmm. so, do we really lose? No, really. actually, we, we, we get to keep up with the rate of inflation in our specific industry. Yeah. yeah. And of course, outside factors dictate and kind of steer certain decision making processes of where your business has to go into. But I think overall, the power is kind of within your own self in sure. terms of what you want to do, where you want to go. Well, um, in the service industry, that's what the one of the most beautiful things about the mm-hmm. service industry. Yeah, that's a that's a big piece of it. And, and we've been very fortunate that uh our location here in Lindora, all the franchise locations as well, too, uh, being able to, as business owners, take advantage of that opportunity um, and dictate their own business, right? I mean, we see our, we see the GRIs, right? People right. are setting their prices according to what they need to live off of and what they need to run their business. Um, and the flexibility with the scheduling, the timing, all the great things that encompass 
being a Morrison Plus franchise owner, you kind of get to see that flourish and kind of lay out there in terms of their ability to invest in their business, invest in their future, their retirement. Because yeah. um, I think I'm pretty confident all, just about all of our franchise owners are kind of on that same mindset of investing into their future. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the same purposes. It's the beauty of owning your own business. I mean, you get to control your life and what you want to do. So it's, it's huge. Yeah, you know, and so making decisions on all of that is, it can be complicated, uh, uh, but you get to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get to, if, if you're doing everything right at the end of the day in terms of stretching yourself, getting better, improve, improvement on a consistent basis, right, in terms of how you lead, uh, whether you're in a position as just a, a top-level employee or even the owner, founder, whatever it might be, um, if you're consistently improving yourself, um, you you feel good at the end of the day and by and go and kind of going through the things you maybe never experienced before like hiring somebody firing somebody as you experience these new things and gain the experience um things start really coming together you have a sense of pride in kind of what you're doing and what yeah. you're what you're investing in and things start to be become really enjoyable well in so, in and, and that that is all born out of being organized mm -hmm. you need to make a decision to be organized to be professional mm -hmm. to be uh uh, just on top of what's going on so you can make decisions without all the clutter. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and so that's why it's such a big deal, and, and I've been a, a big advocate of making your bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, making your bed in the morning, you know, is a lot of people think it's symbolic, but it's really not. Um, if you're going to be operating and running a business, you need to be organized. You need to maintain a high level of professionalism as best that you can. You need to be making intelligent decisions on purchasing things that you don't need to spend too much money on and spending premium prices on things that you do, mm -hmm. right? And if your own house is not in order personally, it's it, it, it makes it that much harder to have your house in order uh, for your business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's a lot of movies that are out now, like House of Gucci. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> You know, and then you, you see, yeah, well, I mean, so you've seen, uh, you know, shows on some of these, uh, uh, these apparel companies oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. and things like okay. that, right? Yeah, Louis yeah, Vuitton yeah. and, and, you know, there, there's also, it's very sensational, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of chaos and disorganization in a lot of them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's why the movies are sensational. People want to go yeah. see them, but th it's just representative of, of businesses, period. When there's a lot of chaos going on, like. A couple of years ago, I heard one of our competitors here locally, which is a huge property inspection company. I heard through the grapevine, somebody that worked there, there was a lot of chaos in management. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you need to be organized. And usually when that starts to happen, you need to step back, look at what are the decision-making processes? Am I organized? Is, are things, are we addressing issues as they're coming? Are we hiring slow and firing quickly? Are we training people and making lateral moves and having the human factor? Mm -hmm. You know, are we really being uh, responsible with our business. That's a, another decision you gotta make. Well, you can get to a certain point where the business is very profitable, everybody's mm -hmm. doing their job and it's great, and then you take your hand off it. And I've heard about a business owner that literally you know, moved, moved out of state and no, nobody ever sees the person. Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, well, you know, that'll last for, because the business is running great right now, but you know, take your hand off of it for several months or a year or two, and it won't stay that way. Yeah, you got to have people you trust in business uh, in certain factors of that. But I like what you touched on with, um, to wrap it up, with the, the organizational part of your business, right? Just the right. basic stuff. I mean, if your office is just an absolute mess, uh, it's probably going to translate to other things, too. Well, you, you've seen know, me, right, in the yeah. office. I hate all the boxes. Yeah, and I, and I know, like, just, like, for myself, I was looking around my office space, and I have, like, stacks of papers just 
from <laughs> anything from like memos to projects I'm working on to notes to, to notes to print yeah. to printouts and things of that nature. I, yesterday I went and bought a uh, a, fi- a little filing box with sure. some folders and sure. labeled them, and it's just like. It, well, my mind's at ease after like organizing and it just it translates to everything else um well within, well if, within within what you're doing if you're doing a lot and you're being really successful you're, you that means you're doing complicated stuff mm-hmm. yeah right you're doing complicated stuff you have your hands in a lot of different areas right mm-hmm. and you're doing a lot you can't do that if you're disorganized there's only so much i don't care how smart you are there's only so much brain power that you have mm-hmm. yeah. okay now think about the most successful people you know that are rock stars, multimillionaires, go look at their desk in their office. And I guarantee you, it's probably cool. 90% of them have nothing on their desk. Mm-hmm. They're organized. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, it's also being intentional about your organization too, right? You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to put this here, put this here, put this here. But you have to be like, if yeah, you, look you have at- to know where it's at and what what's going on. I mean... That's why a lot of I feel like a lot of successful millionaires kind of forget small little things because the big things are what's organized in their head. Right, right? sure. It's in, intentionality. Well, and at the end of every day, if you look at my desk, it's very rare. My, I have stuff laid out on my desk. Mm-hmm. I'll just have one stack of some stuff, or my desk is cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I've got a cabinet in the back. I'll throw a bunch of junk in there, and it's put away. Right. You know, is it really that important? Well, yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Right. Yeah. It just, but I mean, there might be some you know papers and stuff that I need yeah. to use, yeah. but. Um, yeah, so, you know, decision-making processes is if you don't know really how to make great decisions, you're not going to be a successful business owner. Yeah. Decision-making is huge. Um, there's mm-hmm. definitely uh, an abundance of ways that it applies in your daily life, let alone your business. Um, and it translates quite a bit and sounds like you have something to say. Yes, I do. I do. So, <laughs> so just to kind of, you know, I, I know we're getting near the end of the podcast, yep. but so I just made a very negative comment. If mm-hmm. you don't know how to organize and you don't know how to structure yourself, you will fail at your business or your business is just going to be miserable. It's not going to mm-hmm. ever grow and be su- very, all that successful. Mm-hmm. But there's a, but most business owners struggle with making decisions. A lot of times, especially when you're pushing the limits, mm-hmm. yeah, it's right? not easy. So what do you do then? Let's give you a solution for that. You know, you look for seminars, coaching, mm. consultants. In fact, we're going through that process right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we went to a big national conference a couple months ago, and now we're getting ready to go to another conference in a couple of weeks, you know, and, and we're exhausting resources and spending premium dollars to bring people alongside of us that are smarter than us, that can help us make good decisions yes. help us point out areas where we have flaws may not even know mm-hmm. yeah true. that's true having partners and having people smarter than you uh give you advice and coaching and yes being open open-minded and hearing what they have to say um and take just absorbing it like a sponge man it um if, if chase, it, it, it could change the direction of your business and your life without a doubt well if i you, think i think it's not just being smarter Right. It's also understanding that we're inexperienced in certain areas and listening to the people that have experience that have gone through what we've gone through, because there's our other people that have gone through what we've gone through. Well, right. Right. So, I mean, here's the deal. You, you say if you're if you're the president, you're the captain of the ship and you're sitting in your office all day, every day and you're the smartest person in your business because you know what you're doing and how you got to run everything mm-hmm. and you don't leave your cocoon. You're not going to be that great and that successful unless you're brilliant, right? right? And majority of us, I'm sorry to say, are not brilliant, mm-hmm. right? right? And right. we have an idea. We might be structured. We might be organized. 
But to get to where we need to go to continue to grow and be more successful, you need to get out of your shell and you need to get around people that and get into a room where you're no longer, you know, the best. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's like anybody. It's like like Bill Gates, Microsoft. It's Steve Jobs at Apple. It's Elon Musk for Tesla, Boring Company. They all have teams around them. Right. Figure it out. You know, I mean, you, you hear, you're hearing in the news right now about Putin, right? You, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been watching in the news, and, and what is the talk about? He's got people around him that aren't telling him the truth because they're afraid to tell him the truth. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, or, specifically or for him, he's the, in a position where you can't really tell that I mean, guy. I, I don't know if that's all true or <laughs> yeah, not, but, yeah. but the, the talk is that his advisors and they're around him, there's things going on there. Everybody's talking about that as an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're running a business, you got should have a team around you as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those people are very important to you, but you need to get outside of the your advisors and your team and be a, and be exposed to other leaders that have teams around them as yeah. well. That's right. hard because if you don't if you don't set the culture up right and set the that type of communication up in your office space too. Uh, if you're if you're the highest level person in the office, it might be very intimidating for your subordinates to come to you with new ideas, changes, thoughts, um, issues with what you're doing, right? Because there's no one else that you're hearing from. And so if you're the top dog, it's if you're not intentionally going out there and seeking that information of how you can be better, then you're kind of, like you said, stuck in that little cocoon. But right. yeah, decision-making, man, it's a, it's a very important process. It's uh, absolutely necessary to get better at and to develop in, as a skill set. Uh, as you continue to to grow and learn uh, from your own experiences, without a doubt, and uh, it was a great topic that I enjoyed speaking. Well, on franchising mm-hmm. is an outstanding solution for making decisions. It is one hundred percent. I mean, fr- you're talking about investing into a proven business model where you're able to leverage their systems, their processes, all of their past decision making experiences, right, and the cumulative support of dozens of people that are in the same boat as you on the same mission mm-hmm. uh, you're tap you're, you're tapping into just a successful business at the end of the day that it's up to you just to follow listen hear those decision making processes get coaching get support like we mentioned um and it, it's a great wonderful tool for people looking to own their own business without having to deal with the headaches of reinventing the wheel right and right. it's uh it, it's an industry that so many people have found success in and have opened doors for themselves and changed their lives in because they're able to leverage people, other people and what exact doing exactly what we're talking about here of it, seeking other people's advice, intelligence. It, it can't be overstated chase. Mm-hmm. I mean, what there are very few other instances in business. I mean, it, there are some, but they're very few and far between to where the other guy running the same kind of business is you is not your competition, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know when you're in a franchise system and model, the other franchises are not your competition. They're your partners, and they help you be more successful. I mean, now granted, you know some customers might go from one franchise to another, but 95% of the time, your association with other franchises is going to help you make better decisions and make your business stronger. Yeah. yeah. Analogy I just thought of is if if you're running your own burger stand. You can't walk in McDonald's and expect them to share what their secret <laughs> sauce is, right? No, like it's, it's not going to happen because no. you're not you're not a part of this brand. You're not a part of this support network. The investment you've made in the support uh, and the team here, right? And so that's just a quick analogy. I think that might be able to resonate with people that with you're in the business. Home inspections for us, 
sure there might be friendly comp competitors out there willing to share some info right but you don't have 10 plus locations with a total team of 20 to 30 individuals right there at a moment's notice over a phone call mm -hmm. or even meeting in person to be able to learn and leverage from what they're currently doing right, um, at the end of the day. And so if you want to hear more about that, feel free to give us a call. Our phone number is 866-881-5027. Um, there you'll be able to, uh, to reach myself and our team to just discuss and share information regarding our franchise system, kind of what we're all about and what we do and um, what our current franchise owners are, are, are seeing in terms of their success and uh, being a part of this brand. And so, uh, also, our website is Morrison, uh, www.morrisonplusfranchise.com, where you fill out a form um, to request more information, which, again, I'll be able to reach out and share info. Um, but, right. man, good episode, great information. I'm excited. I don't think we have a teaser for the next one quite yet, but I think it's going to be along the lines of kind of these foundational type of skills and business um, and just continue to move forward and continue to support. Like, subscribe, notifications, uh, share. Uh, all important to us, comment like we mentioned earlier on. But until next week, Dwayne, we'll be seeing you. All right.